Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedan, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Good evening, good evening, good evening. I have to introduce you to somebody that I think you will enjoy. His name is James Reganor. How are you doing today, James? I'm doing great. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So um, I need you guys to go check out his company. If you want to contact him, you can contact him at jim at veritex.co or you can go check out the website at veritex.co. So this is digital supply chain solutions, correct? That's correct. So tell me about it and tell me about you. I got to get the mesh of the two. All right. Let's start off. My uh, my voyage is a little different. So we'll start off with that. Okay. I uh, spent 31 years in the Air Force, uh, flying airplanes, managing large organizations, uh, did some side gigs, uh, spent uh, three years in the White House uh, on the National Security Council staff was a senior person to stay between the uh, Bush and Obama administration for the transition there. Uh, ran a large organization at the end, 2,000 people, 15 locations in 11 countries across uh, three continents, really at the height of the uh, Iraq and uh, um, Afghanistan wars. Uh, so uh, I've always led uh, high-performing teams, and the challenge has always been how do you get more out of a high-performing team? Uh, I think one of the easier leadership challenges is when you come into an underperforming team, and you can bring them up. I think the harder is how do you how do you get a high performing team stronger? Uh, I ended up in Veritex after I retired. I developed some intellectual property at a company called Moog. Uh, they're an aerospace uh, supplier uh, around blockchain and 3D printing. Um, using blockchain provenance and 3D printing, created solutions where you could create digital assets and manufacture them at the point of need. So, so think about now not manufacturing inside of a factory, but being able to push it to the point of the, the point of need and manufacturing it right there. And uh, what we found out was it distilled down to trust. We had to figure out a way to put trust into our solution. I'll pause there and let you kind of unpack some of that. No, that's 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 pretty cool. The fact that you can be able to do it right there in front mm-hmm. of your face. You know, I think that's the thing is about with efficiency. You know, that's what a lot of people are looking for nowadays. Yeah, what we found was, uh, you know, you needed to compress these long supply chains. Um, In the Air Force in particular, they still have uh, airplanes that are flying that were built in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Believe it or not, the B-52s were built in the 50s, the KC-135s in the 60s, uh, and the uh, F-15s, you know, the early models were born in the, are built in the 70s. And a lot of those suppliers are out of business. So it takes, on average, eight months to get a part made. So think about if you were, you know, driving around in your car and it was uh, eight months to get a part. What would you do? You go buy a new car, right? <clears throat> if you could, uh, buying a fleet of airplanes is a much different story. But uh, we we're able to compress those, and we did a couple early on proofs of concept where we could take those long supply chains, in particular, apart for 265 days, and we reduced it down to six hours. 
Um, so that's a significant reduction. Uh, another part that was 133 days, we reduced that down to one hour. That's from order to delivery. That's not uh, one hour because I had it in my hip pocket. I you know drove over there and handed it to you. That was manufacturing everything else. So um, that changes the world, right? And then we found quickly that that same being able to um, provide data process and performance integrity, which is what we do with our solution, uh, works in a lot of different use cases. We uh, are getting ready to do a use case up in space. We have some patents um, pending doing that in space. So think about being on a spaceship, space station, space colony like Artemis. And, uh, you know, you can't take two spaceships to spare parts with you. You got to be able to take a printer and some material and make things when you need them, whether it's a flush handle on a toilet or part of a rocket motor, you're going to have to be able to manufacture it where you need it, right? And you don't want your adversary to tamper with it. You want to make sure you follow the right process. And you want to make sure it was built right. Why? Because uh, space is pretty unforgiving. You get one chance, you fail, and uh, typically lives are at stake. So I'll pause there. I understand. I understand. So how, like, this is a pinnacle, I feel like, of peak performance. So I, I just need to understand, like, for yourself, how do you push yourself to each and every day outperform yourself? Because it sounds like you have a lot of stuff on your plate. Yeah. I used to, when I was younger, I used to think, you know, the way to outperform myself was to put in more time, work harder, work harder, work harder, work smarter, work smarter, work smarter. That's the worst thing you can do. Um, I used to go through my life kind of sleep deprived, sleeping only four hours a night. Um, that's the worst thing you can do. What, what I found later in life, and I'll say later, probably since about 2015 till now, but really about mindfulness, um, it's about programming your life, um, and it's about setting conditions for success. Um, and it really requires a lot of effort, not a lot of time, but a lot of effort. So maximizing the time that you're willing to put in and then freeing up your brain. I mean, just this week is a prime example. Um, I was able to file five new patents around ideas I've had just this week. And why was I able to do it this week? Well, because I was able to free up the space. I was able to not have to live in the moment, but extend my vision out to where our future was and start filling in some of those gaps. So for me, it's about um, freeing up time, being mindful, uh, realizing that you have to live in the moment, but you have to keep a keen focus on what the vision is that you're trying to create for the future. And that's how you start to get peak performance. So is this something that you've always wanted to do? Like, did you just fall into this? Because I know we went to Air Force to this and I understand like technically it's one the Air Force you guys are the biggest transportation system in the world. So like, no, I mean, so, I mean, my last organization, I did about 65,000 maintenance touches a year and we're spread out everywhere from the Azores to Manas up in uh, Kyrgyzstan and everything in between the med five locations, Iraq, Afghanistan. Um, We're always starving for spare parts. Um, So I always had in the back of my mind, Hey, there's gotta be some way to get spares out quicker. Right. And the company I worked for, Moog at the time, acquired a 3D print business. I was running uh, some portions of the aftermarket for them. And I said, let me stop doing that. I was just doing what I did in the Air Force. I was running other executives, right? I said, let me start being creative. Let me unleash the beast. And uh, so I started, you know, doing what I do, uh, scenario-based planning. We built some scenarios. One, you're on an aircraft carrier. You're in the Indian Ocean. You have an F-18. It's got to fly a mission because lives are at stake. And you have a 3D printer. How could you send a part directly from a manufacturer out to that carrier? One, ensure that nobody has corrupted the data file, one of your enemies. 
Two, the proper procedures to manufacture that part, quality inspections, all that had been done. And three, within the build chamber, um, that was built properly. So a 3D printer, um, we started you know, doing some AI applications. Um, we stumbled upon this thing called blockchain. Mind you, it's 2015 at the time. Um, you know, people were maybe talking crypto, but I wasn't listening. Um, and then, and then once we discovered blockchain, we had to unmoor it from crypto because most people would say, you know, Bitcoin, blockchain, Russian mafia. So there wasn't, you know, there there weren't many people thinking outside of the dark web at the time. But we were. We saw a future. Um, we created a vision of what that future was, and then we decided to live in that future so that we could take the bias out. That's impossible. And I'll give you a good example of that bias. Um, a lot of people stand on earth looking up at Mars saying, man, it's going to be difficult to get up there. But if you were to change your frame of reference and now vision yourself standing on Mars, looking back at earth saying, how did I get here? It's a whole different question, right? Because you accept the fact that it's possible. You don't accept the fact that it's hard or impossible or anything else. You say, okay, it was possible. I'm here. Now let me see where the technology gaps are that I have to fill in order to make this, you know, make this a reality. Right. Um, so that change of our frame of reference is extremely important, especially in leaders and high-performing teams. You have to create a vision uh, that your team believes in and that they know that their contributions are driving towards that vision. Whether you're the person who's responsible for loading boxes or you're the engineer who's designing the, the, you know, the, the latest and greatest part, everybody's important to get to that vision. And as a leader, to get peak performance, you have to make sure that people all the way down know that they're contributing to that grand vision and that they're important. Um, and I'll tell you, I've learned a couple of good leadership models around that. One is a thing called love notes. Have you ever heard of love notes? What is love uh, you know, everybody in this day, this day and age of shooting texts or, uh, you know, being on, uh, being, I mean, you, you can pick it, being on any of the chats or, or whatever. Everything's, you know, three or four words. And that's it. Nobody takes the time anymore to handwrite a note. So I still handwrite notes to people and, and I'll leave it on their desk and say, hey, you're, you know, you're an impact player. Without you, we couldn't do X, Y, or Z. Uh, I appreciate what you're doing. And it's not the star performers that I do that. The star performers know they're the star. You don't need to keep patting them on the back. It's everybody else who's helping that star performer reach their potential. But I realized early on that leadership wasn't about climbing a mountain and grabbing a star for yourself. It was about taking everybody else up the mountain with you so they could grab a star for themselves. And that, once I figured that out, that's where the success started to come. Hmm. So I want to know about some the love notes help fuel. That. So I was saying, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, kind of had a little disconnect there, but back on it. But I said, I wanted to know a little bit about the difficulties, like, because I want, like, like you said, you're telling me about so many stories and I want to know what is one of the toughest oh. things you have had to overcome dealing with your business and dealing with like pretty much trying to make sure everything fits in together, especially like you said, dealing with space or dealing with enemy territory or just the whole one, two, three, like trying to get it from point A to point B. I would love to hear a story about it if you don't mind. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, one of the probably uh, most challenging things that happened to me has happened in the last month. Mm -hmm. One of my partners died suddenly. I was texting him one minute, and the next minute he, he dropped over dead. Um, and we we're getting ready to close on, a, on an acquisition that we're doing. Um, he was leading that effort. And quite frankly, I, I had been, um, I won't say disjointed, but I'd been removed from that effort because I trusted him to get it done. Um, and we were uh, less than seven days away from closing. We'd already signed a contract. We we're getting ready to close. And with his passing, it was extremely challenging. 
And it was challenging because one, we were creating a lot of stress driving toward that closing. And, you know, whether or not that contributed to, to, to his passing, I, I'll never know. But what it did was it, it contributed a lot towards the anxiety I had after his passing because we had this very high level of stress. Eric passed, um, you know, the stress even increased more. And I had to find a way to de-stress so I could clear my brain and think through, okay, what does this now look like without, you know, my partner in the picture? And, and somebody who's not only a, a partner, but a friend, a, a lifelong dear friend. Um, very, very challenging. So how do you overcome that? I'll go back to what I mentioned before. Mindfulness. You've got to free your brain. You've got to think through. You've got to exercise. Um, and you've got to de-stress. I work better de-stress. Um, as much as I, I probably shouldn't say here, for me, uh, I, I like to do competitive things. Um, one of the ways I de-stress is what I'll call lead therapy. I like to go out to the range and I like to shoot. Um, I'm a big hunter. It relieves a lot of stress. It, it makes me focus on things. And while I'm focused, it frees my mind up to, to, to think through things, kind of like, you know, your hard drive's working while your computer's shut down, you know. Um, but I was able to, to work through it. We've got a solid plan. We're moving forward. Um, but a couple other challenging uh, events have happened, you know, throughout my, my career. Um, and I'll give you another one on, on a very personal nature. Um, my daughter was born at 24 weeks at a pound. She was a micropremie that wasn't expected to survive birth, let alone uh, live. She just celebrated, or she will celebrate her 18th birthday uh, in May. Uh, but how we got there was really the challenge. And on her fourth day of life, the doctor said, we can't do any more. She's going to pass. And I went into the hospital that night and I said, today, we don't try dying. We die trying. And I got a whiteboard out. I drew up Bernoulli's equation, which is kind of the fundamentals of why an airplane flies. And this equation called PV equals NRT and said, this is how we're going to solve her lung issue. And I wrote it all out, explained it to him. And all the doctors shook their head and said, we're not trying that. But one doctor, one doctor says, that makes sense. Let's give it a go. And I said, I'm not here to sue anybody or anything else. What I am here to do is make sure we've tried everything possible. And we did some things that had never been done before. Um, some things that are actually done now in hospitals. And I'm not a doctor. I'm a geographer, mind you. <laughs> um, but but what that did, me being able to contribute to the success of her hospitalization and subsequently getting her to a point where she could sustain herself, uh, caused me to sit back and go, hey, what's important in my life? I had been like everybody else, wanting to accumulate a new car, a bigger TV. I mean, you name all this stuff everybody chases, right? A bigger house and a, a pool, all that sort of stuff. And what I realized was none of that matters at the end of the day. What matters is how you contribute and the impact you have on people's lives. So from that moment on, and that, again, it's 18 years ago now, from that moment on, I set out to make sure that I was having a positive impact on people's lives. Even when I was correcting somebody or punishing somebody when I was a commander, I wanted to make sure that it was having a positive impact on their life. It was not meant ever to be a negative. It was a growing experience. And uh, it took me a long time to figure that out. Um, I was a lieutenant colonel at the time. That was uh, uh, 2003, right? So uh, I had wasted my whole life up to that point worried about other things. Uh, you know, it was strange. But I'm telling you, it's freeing. It is so freeing to now go, okay, I want to be positive and be impactful. I mentor quite a few other small businesses, uh, a couple of female-owned businesses, a minority-owned businesses. Why do I do that? Because I want to be impactful and share the lessons that I've learned. And a lot of people go through lives 
go through their life um, learning everything by themselves. It should be nice if you could learn from other people. But most of us do what's called lessons observed, not lessons learned. And often we repeat the same mistake over and over again because why? We only observed it. We didn't learn. Um, So to be successful, you have to learn and then you have to share those lessons learned so that you can reduce the friction for everybody else that comes after you. And that, to me, is the key to high performance. uh, And it's been the key for me. Well, James, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate your time today. That is definitely some gems that you just let us in on. And I appreciate your knowledge, your experience, your expertise, and still what you're doing now, because uh, I'm not going to lie, I didn't expect um, you to come on here and tell me about you guys developing things in space and uh, helping out with things like that. So that is that is amazing. Well, I, I much appreciate it. And, and I kind of I appreciate the theme and, and kind of the messaging and everything you guys are doing about high performance. And uh, there's quite a bit to learn. Um, and like I said, learn the lessons that other people are sharing with you. There's plenty out there. You don't need to learn them yourself and reduce the friction in your life. Be mindful. Well, I need you to go look up veritex.co. Apparently, there's more there if you didn't know. So I need you to go look. James, thank you for your time. Appreciate it, DJ. Thank you. Christopher Devian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didia. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.